Hi, everybody. Welcome to the M City podcast. I'm Susan. Hello, it's Amelia. And I'm Chris. And we are finally starting season four. Today we have a cock and ball story, obituaries, the Bill of Wrongs, and works of mercy. So we're starting with a cock and ball story. It was written by Tom Fontana, directed by Adam Bernstein. Uh, The lockdown ends. After Hamid Khan's body is taken off life support, the Muslims choose Arif to lead them. Meanwhile, Cyril's having nightmares about delivering the fatal blow to Khan in the boxing match. Ryan asks Sister Pete to intervene. Murphy makes a suggestion to help ease some of the strain in solitary after another inmate commits suicide. Father Mukata plants an inventive idea in Beecher's head on how to deal with Schillinger. Shirley Bellinger returns, awaiting her, uh, her date with the noose. New inmate Mobay arrives to Oz, and his cellmate Hill is immediately suspicious. Governor Devlin invites Glenn to be his running mate in the governor's re-election bid. McManus gets an update on Whittlesley, who hasn't returned from vacation, and a shootout in Oz results in four deaths. So, yes, a lot happened in the uh, season four opener. Sure did. Well, at the beginning, Glenn talks to all the inmates, separates talks to the black inmates and talks to the white inmates, warns everybody against any further violence or there will be a permanent lockdown. And we see uh, Saeed next. Um, and he is, he says he's lost the taste for power and he's glad to let Arif lead for now. So we'll see how that turns out. Then Cyril's having nightmares about Hamid Khan and Preston Nathan, the men that he killed. Sister Pete suggests that he and Ryan get involved in her uh, victim-offender interaction program. She thinks that might help. But when when she talks to uh, Gloria, Gloria refuses. And then um, Ryan tries to convince her to... uh, Ryan wants to go talk to her, talk to Gloria, to uh, see if he can convince her to do it. And so he, while he's working in the kitchen, he cuts his hand so that he'll have to go to the hospital. And so he can talk to her. He's doing his uh, manipulation again. It's the same thing in the world. I'm going to slice my hand open. Yeah. Sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Then the, the solitary inmates get one hour a day outside of their cells and of course they start talking and Bevilacqua finds out that Alvarez killed Carlo Ricardo uh, and I think Carlo was his cousin was Bevilacqua's cousin and so then he uh, Bevilacqua gets permission to kill Alvarez from El Cid uh, Giles sees where things are going and he grabs the grabs a knife and kills Bevilacqua and stabs Alvarez. How many times has he been stabbed now? So it must be at least three or four now. I swear I was very confused by what went down there. Oh yeah. Like one, I, I must have been tired when I watched it or I wasn't paying attention. 
So, like, I went back, rewound, watched it again, and still was confused as to how, like, the old man ended up with a knife stabbing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he, he heard what they were saying, and then he saw that the knife was going to come out, but then he grabbed it first. I don't know. It's like, I'm going to do the slicing and dicing. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it also was he is kind of a friend of, of the warden, so maybe he was getting revenge on Bevilacqua for what he did to uh, the warden's daughter. Mm-hmm. So it was not the guy that he said Right. Raped her. It was actually this guy. Right. It was actually this guy. Yeah. Mm. I, I. Yeah. I, he must have said it was. It was the other guy, just because the other guy was dead. Mm-hmm. I swear, like when this show starts up, <laughs> it seems to start up really rocky. Like we flushed all of our old writers. We got a whole new bunch of writers and they've all got different ideas of where the show should be going because this, I, I, this season or at least this season opener, mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason, this was the first episode of Oz that I thought was actually bad. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the one that had like that whole, uh, they were picking on the new guy who came in and it had yeah. that weird basketball sequence where they were making use of every digital video effect transition that they possibly could. Right. Ah, <laughs> Annoying. I, I didn't, I didn't notice that. The, uh, you want yeah, the technical okay. parts of it. You want to know something I found really annoying. What? And it's the most random thing, but it's kind of funny that with Chris bringing up this stuff, when they do the flashback, of um, Bevilacqua and what he did to get put into Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a while now since I watched it, but I remember he was driving in a car. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly what he did, but I remember he was driving and he had a bottle of something um, that he was drinking. Mm-hmm. But it had a... It, it was in a paper bag, so you didn't see exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you did, and I just didn't notice it. But when he went to take a drink, there was no liquid in the bottle. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I actually had to rewind it and watch it again to make sure I wasn't just... Oh, that's funny. Not minding the drink. Something. But there was no... You could, could not see any liquid when he, when he lifted the bottle to drink from it. <laughs> Bugged the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Is this the is this the gang member who shot the other gang member? Who, who, who are we referring to here? Uh, Bevilacqua, but I don't I don't remember what he did. But I I remember he was in the car when they yeah, when they showed his. Wasn't he in a car getting a, a blowjob? And a, like a gang member came up beside him and tried to shoot him, and then he knocked that car over it flipped up back upside down on its on its hood and then he got out the car and shot the guy dead maybe mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that, that probably is right <laughs> this was the first episode right this was yes. i just watched <laughs> i know it's yeah. been a long time since you guys well no actually i watched it again yesterday but 
Oh, what? Well. <laughs> really? I yeah. gave you an out. <laughs> I gave you a reason for not out understanding what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's short attention span theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> I thought I was I was good at that, but you know. Hey, you know what? Uh, Christopher Milani wasn't in the scene, so that's uh, my excuse. So if Christopher Maloney was giving the guy the blowjob, you would have been paying rapt attention. I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have paid closer attention too. Wow. But yeah, the girl came up and got shot. She got shot instead of him. That's what saved. Isn't that always the least of your worries, though? <laughs> Jeez. getting shot every time I see this in a in a movie or a TV show although you rarely see it in TV shows but you often see these scenes in movies where the girl's giving the guy a blowjob while he's driving and you always think what that is just are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> hold on no, no. you this... often see this <laughs> it's the words that you just use don't do that. Don't make me sound like I'm a horrible person. No, you're not she a horrible just, person. She just I watches just car porn. Watch. She watches a lot of car porn. No, I, okay, I say a lot. Maybe I exaggerated. I've seen it a couple of times. There was this, and I'm, you know, right now, I I don't know what this says about me. The only the only film I can think of right now that I've seen it in is the uh, the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin, and it wasn't. Even, it was just like an attempted. She was going to do it, and they get into a car wreck, which yeah, is what always those. enters my mind when you see something like that. I'm like, isn't that your first fear that you know you're gonna get into a car wreck? Not that you're going to finish and then get shot. It should be, but, uh, you know. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I should probably I should probably book in that conversation by saying, this is why Amelia would never do this. <laughs> For fear of getting into a car wreck. Or being shot. Yeah. And now yeah. you're yeah. being shot. Awesome. There was no liquid in the bottle. <laughs> Another thing that struck me as like this being a bad episode, uh, Tim McManus. What the hell? <laughs> it, was, it was like bad acting school. <laughs> the whole thing over Diane. Yeah. Oh my lord, that was like the worst acted scene I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Him deteriorating in front of Sister Pete. I thought it was like a comedy, or they were like doing some bizarre parody because the, the close-ups on sister Pete, as she does weird reaction shots to telling him that Diane won't be returning. It was, right. it was like Harpo Marx. <laughs> it was well, bizarre. First, his, when, when he went to, he went to unit B and he talked to, um, what's her name? Andrea, another mm -hmm. CO who, who we've never seen. Um, but also this this season in this episode and in I, I don't know if it's the next one or maybe the one after um, 
it's what I call uh, stunt casting, because this, the the actress playing that that CO that Tim talked to, uh, mm-hmm. was Peppa from the from Salt and Peppa, the '80s rap group. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I certainly Peppa. I like the way you put that, Peppa. <laughs> that's how P E P A. I know. Peppa. I know. I know. <laughs> You're just being very distinct about it, and it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and I figured, oh no, another female CO. McManus is gonna make the McManus move. Would you like to go to lunch? <laughs> That's what I saw coming. I know he didn't ask her out. What happened? What's wrong? <laughs> Maybe they've because already dated. He's and... going to go. He's he's going to marry Diane. This was just like the worst, forced, most BS stuff I've seen on the show thus far. (laughs) Well, I thought them getting back together, and then all of a sudden he's got a ring, (laughs) and then she's not coming back. It was like, wow. (laughs) I I thought Diane's reason for not coming back was BS because the whole oh she met one of the queen's guards and they fell in love and. Really? I know. She mm-hmm. met a Bobby. He was in uniform. She really likes the uniform. They're gonna yeah, live together. The it's gonna be great. <laughs> he was on he was on break. Really? Because they're never just standing around exactly. on a break. Exactly. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but like yes, this whole thing was just poorly written. Poorly written, poorly acted. It was like maybe McManus isn't the guy who's or the guy who plays McManus. Maybe he's not at fault. He just had like such terrible material to work with that this was the best he could do. Yeah, maybe it was just like a last minute thing because they didn't know if she was coming back or, you know, obviously. But she she went to The Sopranos and Mm -hmm. maybe that just got picked up and they had to write her out of the show real quickly. I, I really don't know what happened right there. So, maybe yeah, they just chose the worst way to write her out of the show possible. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> the worst way to like take McManus down a peg and have Atabisi's plan work. Oh, but that was it just was part like, one. <laughs> I know. This is, this is, ah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there's just so much going on that was terrible. Well, just like, whoa, this must be that shift that people talk about in late episodes of Oz where, like, it's not so good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it picks up. It gets better. I, I, I don't want to say I'm going to rag on it, like, very long. It's it just, just I was in, in shock at yeah. the quality drop of this episode. Yeah, that that was that part was not it was not fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we have some new inmates. We have Desmond Mobay, and he's working in the warden's office, um, partly because he has, quote, secretarial skills, and partly because he's uh, really an undercover detective. Um, and he's played by uh, Lance Reddick. And after Oz, he was Cedric Daniels in The Wire. He was Matthew Abaddon in Lost. And Philip Broyles in Fringe. So mm-hmm. everyone should recognize him. <laughs> yep. He's not the only person from The Wire who shows up. No, he's not. 
the next guy, uh, Ralph Galino, also from The Wire, but I don't know his character's name in The Wire. <laughs> it was. Uh, I actually. Oh no, I don't know his name from The Wire. So if you know it, please. Okay. Um, nope. Um, <laughs> what? He was a, a season two guy. From The Wire. No, he was in season one. Was he? Okay. Oops. Yeah, he was in all the seasons. He was. Uh, he was the white cop with the black partner who lost the freaking oh, that's camera. Right. Yeah. Got in trouble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wire spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I actually I recognize the actor because he had a three episode arc on Entourage. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> if you yeah, are I a, have known that. <laughs> if you're a watcher of Entourage, which I I am or I was, um he was uh fairly significant in that, so yeah, I, I am I, watching Entourage. I just kind of petered out after, uh, I don't know, three or four seasons. But, like, I've still got the rest to watch. And they're sitting on the drive. So, don't spoil. That, <laughs> we'll check it out. But, now you but know he also showed up in 24. The last season of 24. And, it was, and he played a cop. And he was, like, a jerk cop towards uh, Kiefer Sutherland's oh. character. Like he, he was like uh, just being a complete asshole. But it was like, oh, dude, what a step down! You were on the yeah. wire doing really good work, and now you're playing a second fiddle role in Twenty Four. Ouch! <laughs> I feel for you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, all sorts of people start showing up this season. I know. I know. <laughs> And then freaking it took me a while but to figure out who the death row inmate was. <laughs> oh, okay. Dokes. Oh, yeah, we totally skipped over that, didn't we? Yeah. Dokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Moses Dial. Dokes from Dexter. Shirley's other death row buddies, Nat Ginsburg, who last season killed uh, Antonio Napa, and some other How guys. How did she get caught? I guess they did that autopsy that I was talking about, and they figured out it was a murder. <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> he fucking smothered him with a pillow! He asphyxiated him! He died of lack of oxygen! Uh, what, still did, murder. Did they, did they dust the pillow for Prince? What the fuck? <laughs> well, since uh, he was the only other person in the cell at the time... And, and he they died probably... of natural causes... No, he didn't die of natural causes. So um, <laughs> they they probably well, went and talked to him and they, he confessed. They dusted the pillow. Come on. <laughs> what did they find? What would what, what have caused? I, I don't think they found anything on the pillow. I don't know. I, I, I call BS. He shouldn't have been there. But okay. But yeah, that all happened. We didn't get to see that, so we can just guess. <laughs> so... And then there's some other guy there on death row who has killed his family twice. <laughs> and his he doesn't tell us his name. He just says, suck my dick. <laughs> so, so that's that guy, the suck my dick guy. It wasn't the same family. He didn't kill the same family twice. Cause... Right. He had two different families that he killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time you're insane. 
the second time you're completely sane and ready to be executed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, and our and back to the new inmates. Our third new inmate is Guillaume Tarrant, and he destroyed a statue at a museum. Now that's a new crime. I hadn't seen that one before. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also he's not your usual um inmate you know he's i guess he's from france and <laughs> he's, he's trying to just Are mind you sure his he's own not business. french canadian he might be canadian i don't know yeah canadians they they are into mayhem yeah um <laughs> so but um the first his first day hoyt stole his money um and then I don't know, this may have been the next day or the same day. Kenny stole his shoes. Um, <laughs> McManus did nothing. Because, <laughs> you know, McManus is busy with his own crap. <laughs> um, McManus teaches him the hard lessons of Oz. Like, you yeah. have to have somebody who can back you up. Right. Because all of them are going to say that they heard you say Kenny can take your shoes. That's right. It's like he's wearing them. <laughs> this yeah. is like worse than second grade. <laughs> oh, gosh. Then um, Mayhem, our friend Mayhem, mm. tells tells a guy to fight back. And Adebisi, conveniently, puts the gun in the guy's bed. And so he overnight thinks about it, how he's going to fight back. He's got the gun here. So when, uh, yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yes. I don't want to pass by this, this connection no, no. here. Mm -hmm. Why is mayhem working with Atabisi? Why? Yeah. Clearly this is a plan that Atabisi hatched. It's like, because he tells Kenny, it's not, I'm not the way I'm, this is going to work is who I get to use the gun and who he kills. That's how I'm going mm -hmm. to set this off. So mm -hmm. like, that's always been out plan in yes. order to make this plan work. He, I, you get the impression that like, that wasn't just a, uh, 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 mayhem wasn't acting in that guy's best interests. No, he was setting him up for at planting the gun. Mm -hmm. Which means Ma'am is working with Adebisi. And my yeah. question is, why? Especially if this is all about a race war. Because he's Mayhem? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all That's right. what he I does? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just struck me that this was like weird man i mean we're not seeing any benefit in his sense he doesn't do anything that doesn't benefit him you know in some way all of his mm -hmm. maneuverings usually have a direct uh result benefit for his worldview this doesn't this is just like a pals thing i'm pals with Adabisi, the insane <laughs> hat wearing dude who's going to <laughs> somehow like you know cause grief in in the prison and get rid of mcmanus uh i don't know <laughs> the guy ends up uh hey he killed kenny yes oh my god they killed kenny 
You bastards! Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can finally say that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I was surprised to see Kenny actually go out. I know. Yeah. Cause... It was like a spring cleaning. It's like, let's get rid of a bunch of people. <laughs> mm, yeah. Got rid of four people. And, uh, yeah, two of them we had seen before and two we hadn't. And uh, Keller got shot in the shoulder. And and this time Beecher saved him and pulled him to safety. Mm -hmm. Oh, we, we forgot to speak about the... the... <laughs> The new Beecher, <laughs> the new Beecher, Beecher? Keller par uh, paradigm. Uh, oh, that's right. We, we the, skipped that. The, the new deal, because once again, new season. These guys had a plan last season. <laughs> Let's completely wipe that from the fucking books and start okay. with something else. Right. It's like now, I need to find forgiveness and yeah. uh, keep from finding hell and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and for and what's his name? Um, Chris Christopher Keller. Keller is like uh, suddenly he he becomes the man in the situation <laughs> and tells him no. Yeah, weird. I just don't get it. I, so I, I don't get people's <laughs> motivations. Why people are doing things. I, I guess this was from from Beecher's time with um, with Saeed. Mm -hmm. He wants he wants forgiveness and um, he wants to do something good for Schillinger. So he he asked Without his father Schillinger knowing that he was right. doing it. Boy, did that advice not work out! But go it ahead, totally backfired. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he he uh, asked his dad to use the law firm's private investigator to help find uh, Schillinger's other son, Hank. And I recognized that... Beecher's dad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another one. He's like big time actor. But... He is. And I, I don't remember his name right now. Um, Edward Herman. I know him, and I will tell y'all how I know him, and I know y'all are going to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I need some he, joy. Yes. He is a significant character on Gilmore Girls. Oh. He is the father of Lauren Graham's character. Okay. In Gilmore Girls. Oh. Which I do watch and enjoy, so... And wasn't he that he was the head vampire in uh, Lost Boys? Lost Boys. <laughs> he was. He was? Yes. yes. He's the one that dated the mom. and Yeah, yeah. He I dated the mom so that she, so that she could invite, she would invite him into the house. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I haven't seen Lost Boys recently. I, all I remember is Kiefer's the I thought he was the head vampire. Oh, this guy was over Kiefer. Yeah. I gotcha. He's uh, the big boss. <laughs> big cheese. Here at FisherCast, the Six Feet Under Retrospective, we're just dying to make your acquaintance. 
The critically acclaimed and Emmy award-winning Six Feet Under aired on HBO in the early 2000s for five seasons. It was a quirky drama that took a darkly comic look at the dysfunctional Fisher family who run an independent funeral home in Los Angeles. I'm Robin, and one of my favorite shows has always been Six Feet Under. I find the most fun way to rewatch any great series with friends who have never seen it. So, following the format created by the great Buffy rewatch podcast, Potential Cast, I've invited my friends Dez and Moira to watch it with me. So hop in the green hearse with us and let's go for a ride. If you've seen every episode, this is a fun way to rewatch it. But if you're new to it, like us, you don't need to worry about spoilers. Visit us on the web at fishercast.blogspot.com. Or find us on iTunes. Just search for Fishercast. Fishercast, a six feet under retrospective. Every day above ground is a good one. And our next episode is Obituaries. Wait, did we finish the last episode? I think we did, because it ends with the shooting. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ignore me. (laughs) Mobe has his first meeting with Adebisi. Glenn fires McManus after Tim makes a foolish outburst during the slain CEO's memorial service. Sister Pete still wrestles with ending her service as a nun. Beecher's dad pays a visit and gives an update. Schillinger is visited by his other son, Hank. Saeed's decision to help Kramer secure a new trial is met with strong opposition by the Muslims. Poet grieves and ponders his next move now that Wangler and Pierce are dead. O'Reilly's plan to get the cell phone backfires and results in another inmate's death. Bellinger returns to Oz to await her impending execution. This one uh, starts with the, that that first scene. It kind of bothered me a little with the um, with Warden Glenn and Sean Murphy giving us the uh, the rundown of what happened, of who died and who was injured, and <laughs> that was kind of odd, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But it was also kind of necessary because some of these people. <laughs> it was like, so who did die? Mm-hmm. I mean. I guess you could have shown it. You could have shown bodies being put into body bags, but that would have cost you actors and time. It was far easier and more efficient just to run it down for you. All right. (laughs) I mean, that was the least of this episode's problems. If you really want to get into it. (laughs) Yeah, that was just minor. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, And then at a BC and a reef, are lobbying for the firing of McManus. It's like, it's like, please, isn't this enough? Get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, the governor's campaign manager tells Leo he has to fire Tim because Tim is a weak, limp-wristed liberal. <laughs> Can I just say that the fact that... Um, the fact that he's running for office is ridiculous <laughs> with all the shit that's gone on in the past four years of this show. Uh, it's like, that would be the last person you'd want in a public office right. or right. as your running mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the governor obviously hasn't done a full background check. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just like, uh, <laughs> but Tim, however, he's continuing on this 
this weird descent. Um, it's very weird. Yeah. He, he got a letter from Diane. He, he reads some of it and then he says, blah, 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 and burns it. <laughs> Bad acting school. <laughs> And acting school, how about bad writing? I'm going to start out reading a letter and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All I could think of was like, they're going to kick me off the show. I'm going to do the worst job possible until I leave. But he's not kicked off the show. He's just I kicked... know that now, but I didn't know that okay. then. When I All was right. watching this thing, I was like, where is this going? Okay. Oh, he's leaving. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so this was like, fuck you. <laughs> That was all I could think. Okay. Okay. Well, how about his performance at the memorial service? Uh, wow. The worst thing about the memorial service scene is that it was giving so much pleasure to a character that we hate so much. Yes. Everyone we else was... About... Uh, Claire... Yeah, we. I mean, she's had some scenes in in the first season. She, in the first, yes. and yeah. it was like everybody is sick of her. It's the the warden's like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it a chance. Every place they put her, people end up dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's just like an evil person. She is. <laughs> Pretty so much. For her to- yeah. Pleasure out of like the exit of of Tim was really pissing me off. Not that yeah. you know Tim has fucked up Oz. Oz is a horrible experiment. <laughs> the fact that it remains is amazing. Uh, but yeah, that was it. That was his last day in Oz. <laughs> Sister comes and uh the doctor and they want to talk to him about tim and it's like uh <laughs> you're gonna have to talk to his ass because i just <laughs> beecher we're back to beecher again he he keeps asking about his friend keller uh but nobody will tell him anything mm. like oh, we're dealing with other stuff go away <laughs> hank comes to see his dad Hank Schillinger comes to see Vern, uh, but he's only there for the money. But uh, we saw how happy Vern was to see his son. Mm-hmm. And what's weird about this is it seems like the priest is in on the fact that this is something that's being paid for. Yes, yes. He that is didn't that. strike me as being... I mean, one, he's lying to... Uh, Schillinger, which I thought priests don't do, <laughs> you know. Well, maybe he's learned to see the gray areas since working in the prison. That sometimes he needs to do that. Really? That's just my my wild theory. Really? I mean, with all the bullshit that has gone on between Beecher and Schillinger, would you ever <laughs> take one side over the other and attempt? to do some skullduggery involving a family member. No, because I think I would be the next one to die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, let's, let's get the, you know, the, the, 
the victim of uh, a horrible rape and mutilation of his ass with a swastika <laughs> together with the, the guy who perpetrated such things and then bring his son into the mix right. under a false pretense. All of this just seems weird and bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could understand the father helping out in doing this. Not the, uh, not the priest. I'm, Beecher's father. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can understand him being involved in making this happen and putting up the money and making it work. But like when the priest gets involved, it's just it takes me out of it because it doesn't make any sense. But that's me. Okay. I assume that this did not bother you guys. Not that eh. much apparently, no. <laughs> okay. That's mm-hmm. cool. No. Then we get to our our undercover Mobe. His mm. partner comes to see him, and later, um, and he he crosses um, his cellmate Hill there um, as he's going to see her, and Hill tells him later that she looked kind of familiar to him. And, dun, dun, dun. Right, <laughs> so something's going on there. So, hmm. Uh, then Mobe talks to a poet about joining the, joining the gang, and Adabisi grills him for information. So phase one has begun. Or maybe it's phase two, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I feel like uh, the, the warden is putting this guy in great jeopardy with the amount of times he tells people, let me be alone with this guy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's like, I, that's the last guy I'd want to be alone with. Right, it's like, we're... let me give him a job in my office. Let me go visit him. <laughs> let me go to talk to him. Every time he does that, it's like, with the way that we've seen how dirty the hacks are. Yeah. It's like, ah, I'd, I'd be saying, stay the fuck away from me, man. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. going to blow my car. <laughs> Uh, next, we have Saeed. He's meeting with, with Trisha Ross again. Uh, the trial is starting, and they, they talk about that. But then when it's the day that um, Saeed has to go and testify, he refuses to wear the orange jumpsuit because he won't look credible wearing the jumpsuit. He'll look like an inmate, and uh, that'll ruin the case, apparently. In his mind. In his mind, yes. Here's the one thing I did dig. The the uh, Beecher calling him on this bullshit. Yes. Beecher sees through what everyone else seems to have, have difficulty seeing. Yeah, he says, well, yeah, there's always, something always comes up with you, huh? <laughs> says that if, to him, if, if you don't want us to win this case, because if we do, then you won't have anything to rage against the machine about. Mm-hmm. And do you think I mean, the look on Saeed's face there gave me the impression that maybe he's not even aware of the fact that he's doing that, that he's sabotaging his own case? Hmm. Because he has the best of intentions, but I don't, yeah. I don't know that he's like intentionally and fully aware of the fact that he's trying to sabotage things. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's your take? Do you think that, do you think Saeed's aware of the fact that he's sabotaging the case? 
I hadn't given it much thought. I think, you know, he, he just has another, another issue, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, wait a minute. And well, he's a control freak. Yeah. And he's a power monger. And even though he's just given it up, he hasn't really given it up. <laughs> and this is what Beecher brings to our attention. It's almost programmed into the man. <laughs> and then he does um, get a chance to uh, to take control again with another case um, of uh, Jason Kramer. Kramer's one of the one of the jurors from Kramer's trial comes to visit him and says that. Um, that there was a man on the jury who bullied everybody into voting him guilty because he was gay. So then Kramer talks to Saeed about a new trial and Saeed takes on the case. Against the wishes of his Muslim brothers. Yes. Who wouldn't have him take the case due to his um, gayness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would assume. (laughs) Right. But this also brings up another thing where, and I don't know if it's in this episode or the next that we discover this, but apparently Saeed's only taking the case out of a sense that he can right a wrong that was technically there, but he only feels comfortable doing it due to the fact that he believes that uh, in the retrial he'll be found guilty. Yes, yes. That seems at odds with what a lawyer should actually do. You don't care about the innocence or guilt of your client when you're the defense attorney in that degree, right? I don't know if it matters, uh-huh. but it's it's just weird that like he should put that caveat in his thinking and like change his mind when he sees that he may actually get off. It seems against the principle that he's supposedly fighting for. He's fighting for justice, right? This guy was yeah. unjustly, um, he was inju- unjustly found guilty due to circumstances that shouldn't have been in play. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the facts of the case. Right. Now, and that's he's... something he can get behind. But what he can't get behind <laughs> is the fact that this guy might actually fucking get off. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's he's assuming that he's going to be found guilty again just based on the facts of the case. Mm-hmm. So, until God tells him otherwise. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, this yeah. brings up something that we could discuss a little bit. What do you guys think of the spirituality angle of the show? And what I mean by that is something we did not discuss from last episode, but the dream that mayhem's brother has Mm -hmm. is less a dream and actually a prophecy (laughs) it's like time the guy dies he shows up in his room glowing in a a, like a dashiki telling him that he's damned and it's like you know the timing of that is pretty freaky like are we seeing heaven take a place and, and the afterlife action because this isn't the first time it's happened out had that whole encounter with his oh, mentor yeah. mm-hmm. so what's what's the show getting at do you think 
or is this a is this a something that is meant to be taken literally, or is this just you know crazy people in crazy circumstances dealing with crazy shit? <laughs> I'm voting crazy people, crazy circumstances, and crazy shit. Okay, and crazy shit. <laughs> To me, it seemed like a literal, you know, he actually saw an angel or a ghost (laughs) or some shit went down because time he dies, he's awakened out of a, you know, out of his sleep by this guy who's spot on about, like, his culpability in crimes that he's committed. Eh, just thought I'd mention it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got a real conversation today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, next we'll we'll go back to death row. Okay. And our friend Moses Dial, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees uh, someone's having sex with Shirley, mm-hmm. but um, we don't know yet who it is. In the and then in the, I guess it's the next day or whatever. The her her cell is being painted, so she walks around and has a little conversation with everybody. Find out that the name of the uh, the uh, suck my dick inmate is Mark Miles, <laughs> <laughs> and um... <laughs> someone's finding this amusing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know his name before, so hey. <laughs> and then you got to distinguish him somehow. Yeah, and that was all he he's said. Got those, he's got one of those comic book names where, like, the first letter of the first and last name are the same. Yes. <laughs> yes. Miles, Peter Park, Clark Kent. Well, that's C and K, but you same get the sound. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he's not really a comic book guy. I don't know. <laughs> he's a comic book psycho. There you go. <laughs> Shirley says that this time she's she's finally ready to die. And and she's willing to talk to black people. That's right. <laughs> Shirley has changed her ways. She has for this uh, short time that she has left. <laughs> she's a new woman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Gloria she had dinner with her in-laws and talked to them about participating in the interaction program and they're willing to participate Um, they meet with Sister Pete and uh, then Ryan Ryan Mayhem (laughs) he kind of uh, ruins the meeting again saying how much he still loves Gloria and um, things go downhill from there. And that's the end of that meeting. Um, and then he, he hurts himself again to go back to the infirmary. And of course, Gloria's not there. He can't talk to her this time. Yeah. But, Sister Pete's program. Exactly. Who has that helped so far? Sister Pete? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she's about to leave the, yeah. the, uh, and uh, uh, Mayhem finds out about the cell phone, Stanislavski's cell phone. Well, mm-hmm. actually, it was Galino's cell phone, which he, Stanislavski, got it from him. 
said he, oh, I'll turn it in. You know you're not supposed to have that. I'll turn it in for you. <laughs> and, of course, he kept it. Oh, I better take the charger, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he, he, Mayhem figures out a way to uh, go and search the cell, search St- Stanislavski's cell for the phone, but he couldn't find it. Um, so he manipulates Galino and uh, makes him ask for the phone back. But um, then Nikolai, he gets Hoyt and the bikers to kill Galino. So he doesn't have to give the cell phone back. Yep, but there was an interesting bit of business involving the mafia. Yeah. Where like they first go to see whether or not this guy is connected uh, in any way. Right, right. And they decide, you know... Uh, it's just a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy, he, he, nobody's got an arm. He's got nobody's touching him. Nobody's got his arm around him. He's got no protection. He, right. He's free and clear. So like the Russian guy checks with, and, and I I like that bit of business. Yeah, <laughs> like, he talks I to Pankomo. Let me make sure I'm not going to fucking put a target on my ass. Right. <laughs> <sighs> um. Yeah, you don't want Chucky after you. Oh, no. <laughs> and then this is the one. This is the uh, the episode where uh, Busmalas and Alvarez are missing at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. They escape through a, a hole in the, in the hospital wing. Mm. So they're out there uh, enjoying freedom for... A short time <laughs> freedom and there were a couple of deleted scenes in it for this episode um the first one saeed talks to glenn and murphy about taking kramer's case and the second one alvarez talks to busmalis about the escape plans and that's it for this episode i must say time tim left the show it got a little better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. All right. <laughs> Our next episode is the Bill of Wrongs, and this is the one that that Chris, you've wanted to talk about this one for uh, for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to read the? Uh, description of this one sure the bill of wrongs written by tom fontana and directed by goran gajek all is crazy after busmalis and alvarez free flee from oz via one of busmalis's tunnels hernandez discloses details about the shooting to glenn and mentions tarant getting the gun from Adabisi who got the gun originally from Clayton Hughes. Glenn confronts Hughes. Hughes confesses immediately and is quickly arrested. New inmate Morales is offered Hernandez's end-of-the-tit trade only if he kills Hernandez. Morales asks Rebidau, uh to do the deed in exchange for anything Rabidau wants, and Rabidau accepts. Escapee Busmalis is caught and returned to Oz, 
where he is rebuked by Rebidau. A fresh from the hole at a BC begins implementing his plan to get a new M-City administrator. Saeed scores a victory for Jason Kramer, and Shirley Bellinger gets a visitor. All right. <laughs> okay, the search is on for escaped criminals Alvarez and Busmalis. Uh, Rebidau is hurt that Busmalis didn't take him on the, on the escape. And then Hernandez tells Glenn that Adebisi gave Tarant the, the gun and that he got it from Hughes. Their talk, you know, when Hughes comes to talk to Glenn, Hughes has got a new... Uh, Outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like the ghost from that previous episode. <laughs> that's right, that's right. He's wearing the ghost's outfit. Yes. <laughs> the newfound Muslim. So he, he gets arrested and Adebisi's tossed into the hole. But we don't really get to see anything. Um, <laughs> the new inmate, Enrique Morales, uh, also known as Detective Angel, Angel Bautista on Dexter. And the Expendables. Oh, right. I, I wrote on my notes here, he's looking pretty pale. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, Pencamo offers Morales Hernandez third of the drug trade. Um, and then he, he forces Ribadau to kill Hernandez and make it look like self-defense. He didn't, he didn't really ask him, but he forced him to do it. Well, he said at first, which was strange, I'm not going to hurt you old timer. And then he says, well, either do this or I kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Then it's like, okay. But like, what does Rebidau get out of it? He says you can have anything you want, and I'm very curious to hear what that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I hope they don't... I don't remember. <laughs> he didn't ask for anything then. No, he didn't. Mm-mm. But I hope they don't forget <laughs> that he's owed a favor. Right, right. <laughs> Foreshadowing that he survives and thus actually kills. <laughs> right. But, yeah, and then Busmalis was caught, and he was stalking Miss Sally. Surprise! <laughs> and, um, but Alvarez is still out there. Um, next, uh, when Adebisi, I guess this is when he comes back from, yeah, when he gets comes back from the hole, he talks to Saeed about calling in the community leaders to influence Glenn's choice of uh, leader of M City. Uh, the the leaders who do come in, one of them is Said's sister, and another one, you also recognize him from The Wire, Detective Lester Freeman, the guy who makes the uh, tiny furniture. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third guy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so those were the community leaders. And they want to see someone of color in that position. That's right. As uh, if the warden wasn't of color. <laughs> it's like, um, hello. <laughs> but the warden wants to leave that position. So That's right, that's right. He's gonna he's gonna be the new lieutenant governor. If all goes according to plan. Uh, it always does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Most certainly. Yeah. Uh, I like how they they brought back the guy who did the investigation of um, the riot. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Alba case. But but only in a photo. <laughs> they brought mm-hmm. back his photo, so they're yeah. not paying the actor a dime. <laughs> it's like they just show his his face. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's running against the governor. He's also running for governor. Mm-hmm. Which he hinted oh. towards. Which was that was a nice bit of work there, foreshadowing from the second season. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. See, it does work sometimes. <laughs> Hey, the show isn't all bad. No. It just has rocky starts. Yeah. It's like yeah. the beginnings of these new seasons. It's like they just have too many ideas and like uh, they don't think through how to smoothly implement them. So some of them are just bulldozed into position. Mm-hmm. That's my, my take on it. But okay. I'm sure it's just an opinion you don't care about. Go ahead. <laughs> We want to hear your opinions. That's why you're here. (laughs) Next, uh, Hill yells at Mobe about moving his chair. And that day, Mobe is meeting with Pancamo, Adebisi, and Morales about his position with the drug dealers. And they force him to use drugs. And uh, later that day, he gets caught and tossed into the hole. Then... uh, Beecher interrupts Saeed's meeting with Jason Kramer to tell uh, Saeed that they won the lawsuit. Saeed's not as thrilled as he should be. Uh, then later he gets a visit from Trisha Ross, says that she's moving to California to start over once, you know, once she gets the money from the lawsuit. Because she ain't getting any here. <laughs> so what's the point of staying? Yeah. Then Saeed argues Kramer's case before a judge at Oz, and Kramer is granted a new trial. But Kramer and his friends are really the only ones who are happy about that. (laughs) Then we find out that Shirley has been having sex with Lopresti, the night guard there at death row. And her visitor is her ex-husband, Zeke. Uh, he comes to see her and forgives her for killing their daughter. And I guess he, he wants to bury her uh, in a grave next to the daughter. And she she doesn't want that. And so she um, tells him that he wasn't the father of the child, that his father raped her and got her pregnant. These seem like things that she might have wanted to have out in the open if she wanted to have some leniency when her case was being like yeah tried <laughs> yeah and that I mean, might have been relevant yeah, yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit talk again about the the cell phone uh ryan has worked out a deal with stanislavski that he pays uh, every time he wants to use the phone. Uh, O'Reilly talks to Murphy, trying to focus attention on Stanislavski. Uh, but that does I don't think that works, huh? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I know something's up here. No. <laughs> uh, Nikolai goes to Sister Pete, 
quote-unquote concerned about Ryan O'Reilly. And I don't think that works either. <laughs> uh, you can't and, shit a shitter. Exactly. <laughs> Next, they go to uh, Adebisi and Hoyt. And then the Nathans and the O'Reillys meet in Sister Pete's interaction, and it fails. Ryan made a phone call when he got back from his cell. Gloria was raped on the way home from work that night. So we have another another thing that, that Ryan is probably responsible for. Ah, note how you say probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's kind of... Uh, it's certainly given the impression that that those two things are connected. Yeah. They want you to think that. It's heavily weighted Mm -hmm. towards Mayhem's guilt. Mm -hmm. Um, Then in the drug rehab group that that meets there, we find out that Poet's sister is a doctor at Benchley Memorial and that, that Keller's probably coming back soon. And look, there he is. There's Christopher Keller in the Oz Hospital Ward. And he, I guess he was talking to um, Father Mukata. And he admits that he manipulated Sister Pete into helping him with Beecher. And he wants to talk to her. But of course, Sister Pete refuses uh, because Keller is a manipulative sociopathic liar. Um, and he touched her breast. That's right. Uh, then Sister Pete gives Beecher and Aaron to the hospital. And he sees Keller and goes to talk to him. But of course, everyone's favorite guard, Claire Howell, stops it. But she also said that it was a very touching moment. And she's going to write about it in her diary. <laughs> <laughs> when does she get her neck snapped? This is going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. When does she just, like, get hung out to dry? <laughs> right? She I is... want to see her hanging from the rafters of the second floor. Oh, Something like Star Trek II. The on. <laughs> How? <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then Schillinger finds out that it was Beecher who found Hank and is, of course very suspicious about uh, Beecher's motives. And when when Vern meets Hank again, he asks him to do something for him and says he'll pay him $1,000. And then later, later Beecher is called into Glenn's office where Sister Pete tells him that his children have been kidnapped. Which leads to a very dramatic reveal with the narrator. Go on. Where the American flag breaks down and Beecher's there holding his kids. Yes. While screaming very much like Captain Kirk in Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Schillinger! (laughs) And there was one deleted scene here. Um, an unemployed McManus visits Saeed in Oz. Um, and he's still, McManus is still a bit weird. 
and wants Saeed to pray for him and tell everyone he'll be back. <laughs> and was it so poorly acted that they decided not to put it in the episode? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yes, we've, we've had enough of Tim McManus over-the-top acting. <laughs> Don't you think I know that? again all right and our final episode for this for this episode is works of mercy <laughs> written by tom fontana directed by adam bernstein the kidnapping of beecher's children has everyone upset and beecher inconsolable schillinger gets questioned and of course claims to know nothing about the deed beecher decides to initially initiate his own investigation. Soon after, a package with horrendous contents arrives for Beecher. Meanwhile, Oz prepares for Shirley Bellinger's hanging as the death penalty protests continue. A visit from the Cardinal creates mixed feelings for Sister Pete and Father Ray. Said announces good and, good and bad news in the state's decision for the inmates. Another Rebidow prediction comes chillingly true. O'Reilly's still searching for that elusive cell phone, and Dr. Nathan asks Glenn for permission to return to work earlier than expected. This episode starts with uh, the investigation into the kidnapping, and Beecher is sure that it's Schillinger who's responsible for the kidnapping. Of course, Fern denies it. But this, but you know, we're all pretty sure that this is what he had his son do. And his son doesn't come under questioning. Now, oh. knowing that the priest knows that that setup was in place and under false pretenses, mm-hmm. don't you think somehow, some way, he must have, you know, been roped in? It just strikes me as odd. That that seems like a big loophole. Father Ray knows the fact that Schillinger, Schillinger's son has been coming to Oz, but being paid by Beecher, whose son and daughter are now missing. Right. And we know, but nobody else knows, except for Schillinger and his son, <laughs> that they are actually, he is actually the person responsible for Steve. For taking the kids yeah so but like you know the investigators should be right on top of this they're the ones who found this kid they're the ones who's paying this kid to continue to come to the come to visit yeah I'm, I'm just i just went back and looked it's like tom fontana wrote every single one of these episodes yes was he under a different drug each episode? <laughs> Is that what's going on? Because uh, just that's not in the commentaries. I don't know. <laughs> There's a consistency lacking here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Beecher talks to. Oh, here's here's our our next bit of stunt casting. The inmate that Beecher talks to um, is played by musician David Johansson, and he's in Oz for kidnapping. And he just wants to get some information from him, see if he knows anything. Is that the investigation that Beecher launches on his own? Yeah, I guess so. 
How about getting his fucking dad with his investigation crew involved? Well, yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I don't think no. he had to tell his dad, you know, that. I, I think he's already probably on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's doing a piss poor job because I have the fucking sun canvassed like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, look, it's that same kid that we were that we found uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He'd be covered like a tarp, man. He wouldn't be able to walk. Yeah. And I, I would think that Hank would be easy to find, you know. <laughs> Whoa. What was if that? you found him the first time, they should be able to find him this time. Well, he's he's still coming to Oz. He isn't hard to find at all. Right. He's meeting with the fucking Schillinger. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking right. bug the fucking room they're in together. <laughs> Case solved. This is stupid. Yeah. But you know they're they're talking in code. Send the package. Whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That could be anything. And then a package arrives. Um, hello? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, Keller comes back to M-City. And uh, that's the, the last peaceful night that Beecher will have for a long time. Now, are they planning evidence that Maloney is... Or, or that uh, Keller is involved? They're... They're trying because he, um, I, I guess it was what the FBI said. Well, how about this guy Keller? He's kidnapped before, right? So. Right. But like, I'm, I was wondering whether or not Schillinger, like when he said that this is the last night they'll be, I, it, it could be two things. One, mm-hmm. clearly the hand coming obviously would keep him up at night but i thought he was more specifically talking about a wedge that he was planning on putting between the two of them by simply planting evidence that it's keller who's behind all this even though he's in fucking jail (laughs) right well hey look at all that shillingers are able to get accomplished (laughs) but he has contacts who are outside of jail oh you're saying that we know of who are behind this oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the um, ex-watch brigade. No, I don't think so. Track those bitches down. They got the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's planning evidence or not for against Keller. Hmm. Well, this is at least the show is picking up. Yeah. Steam. It's like, okay, we've got a direction. We're out of the doldrums of the uh, annoying opening. <laughs> and Uh-oh. here comes Tim. Hey, Tim. I'm ready to come back to work. Ha! <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, he's filled the job already. Yep. And who he filled it with? The smoothest, talkingest guy in town. Yes. This guy is velvet. And and he's another another uh, wire guy. That he is. Yes. <laughs> and what's the one thing you should remember about this man? His Don't one his one principle. 
with quirns. There's <laughs> one principle that he stole from Elizabeth Shue's character in Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> really? This line is from Adventures from Babies and Adventures? In I don't Babysitting? think so. I what? Think there, no, there, okay, there's a line in, in Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> they, the, her, Elizabeth Shue, the babysitter, and her group of kids that she is babysitting, encounter a gang and one of them says don't fuck with whoever and she says don't fuck with the babysitter yeah but which came first (laughs) that movie or scarface where the guy uh from colombia tells tony montana tony there's just one thing i want to tell you don't fuck me tony don't you (laughs) Yes, but which came first, Oz or Adventures in Babysitting? <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think I've, I've heard that line from Scarface again in maybe in South Park. <laughs> 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 yeah, a little differently, though, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Scarface is the source of all fuck swearing. It is, yeah. <laughs> got more uses of the word fuck than you know what to do with (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) the best is the television version do you ever see Scarface on television I I I refuse to watch Scarface on television oh no you must it is the best shit ever because they don't bleep out the swears they actually replace them with other words which makes it amazing. <laughs> the best line possible. Okay, do you remember this? When Tony is talking to the immigration officer and he goes, Hey, Tony, how'd you get that scar? Eating pussy? What do you think they replaced that word with? <laughs> hey, Tony, how'd you get that scar? Eating pineapple? Pineapple, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> what? I was like, that is the best line ever. I got this vision of a guy rubbing a pineapple up and down on his face, getting a scar, trying to eat it. Uh, and they say fool instead of fuck. Don't fool me, Tony. Don't you ever fool me. Fool you? No, fool me. <laughs> oh it's just amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Highly recommended. If you can find the televised version of Scarface, it's well worth your time and effort. Okay. All right, back to Oz. Back to Oz, yes. Okay. Uh, Mobe is released from the hole, and he gets his his next test. How long can he he stand being used as a punching bag uh, by Pankamo? Um, 15 seconds. (laughs) Poet brings brings him drugs for the pain, and because he's in so much pain, he actually uses them. And then... um, they tell him about his final test. He has to kill someone. Anyone. And he says, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to, to see. <laughs> All they got to do is get an inmate tra- transferred somewhere. Right. 
since it's anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they got to get him transferred to a hole where he won't talk for the duration of the uh, of the stay. Right. Which, of course, the show won't do. So. Right. I mean, <laughs> he, he's transferred to another. He, he'd have to get yeah transferred to another prison. I mean, even because mm-hmm. yeah. And put in solitary there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A solitary where they don't get an hour in the yard. Exactly. <laughs> Mind you. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't before all this the the whole cardinal thing happen? Yeah that that was my next. Uh, okay, sorry. The the love boat cardinal. That is Stubing. It is. It is Captain. Ah, Stubing. you know I didn't look up his name, but I was like, I wonder if that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> and uh, he, he talks with Sister Pete about her decision. But it's funny how, how when uh, Mukata talks to uh, Sister Pete, I have terrible news. The Cardinal is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she tries to take the day off, but the Cardinal wants to talk to her. And he just yeah. wants to share. He seems like a nice guy. You know, yeah. after all, I was expecting this real vile, wicked, evil man with all the, you know, head hemming and hawing that Ray has done throughout the series of like any time. Oh, you know, the Cardinal do us the Cardinal a favor. I don't think the Cardinal want to hear from me. <laughs> Were you expecting him to be like a the, the uh, like a Cardinal or from the from the Borgias or something? I still haven't seen the Borgias. So oh. I, don't know yeah i expected him to be more sinister yeah and you know he was just this guy whose ring you had to kiss which is of in its of itself a little creepy but um (laughs) but that's how it's done i know i know but like he seemed seriously concerned for sister pete said hey join the party i've been there i know where you're, you're coming from you'll do what's right and leaves her with that it's like what the fuck this guy's awesome saying he's a bad guy he just hasn't turned the the you know <laughs> he hasn't done the sinister anything. on yet <laughs> but like I, I, I got the feeling this guy was like you know he he, he said that um ray's problem was that he lacked humility uh-huh and that he doesn't think that's the pro- a problem anymore and 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 ray was like you're probably right. I probably was a dick back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I questioned you too many times. I got yeah. slapped down the Oz. <laughs> yeah, and then he got slapped down many times in Oz. In so, Oz. <laughs> yeah, probably after the riot, you know, there you go. <laughs> but like, yeah, not the result I was expecting from this visit from the Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Totally different take. Mm-hmm. This is fucking Captain Stubing. Yes. <laughs> He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's a happy captain. You want to sit at this table, you know? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Next, uh, Saeed announces the settlement in the riot case. Uh, it's $45 million, but of course the state has appealed, so they'll probably never see the money. In their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Wah. 
Ribadao talked to Saeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about Hernandez and told Saeed that he had a dream that Kramer would go free after his new trial. And then um, Saeed and Kramer meet with the homicide detective who was on the case, um, who says, yes, he, he faked the forensics on the murder weapon. And then Saeed quit the case. And, but a little too late. Yeah. Damage done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, Kramer was acquitted and freed from Oz. He flips everybody off and walks out the door. Fuck you, everybody. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. And then, um, oh, the next, okay, and then... The next scene with the with the narrator, um, I, I wrote it down. It was a, a reenactment of the Last Supper. <laughs> it's the Last Supper in Oz. And who was Christ? Who played Christ in the Last Supper photo? That I don't know. Who was Judas? <laughs> All I know that it was the Last Supper photo. I didn't. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's not in my notes. Um, yeah, and I didn't actually get to watch all the last episode. How did I miss that? Because it was weird. <laughs> it was <laughs> and it was weird. no talking during it. So, like, if you weren't really paying attention and was doing, like, needlepoint, you probably <laughs> missed it. <laughs> yeah, I always do needlepoint when I watch Oz. <laughs> it makes me want to stab I myself. Was... <laughs> Dude. Needle. I'm not entirely sure what needlepoint is, but um, it's safe to say I wasn't doing it. Um, no, I honestly I don't remember that, and I just watched this one. It was this weird, bizarre scene that, like, it just panned from left to right, and it showed all the inmates of Oz in the last. I really, oh, I which really is another religious thing going on in the show i mean we've got ribodo talking to god Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've got all this religious imagery it doesn't you know does this strike anyone as being bizarre is oz hell no is oz hell Hmm. it could be could be somebody's hell is it a way station to hell well but, uh, yeah, Ribadow is an interesting character. He is. For some reason, it's I think he's, fun. like, the heart of the show. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember if he dies or not. Mm-hmm. So. I'll tell you one thing. I had something spoiled that occurs in Oz, and it really pissed me off. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, tell us when we get there. Quirns. <laughs> okay quarns um he talks with our friend atabisi and he says that um he'll he'll let the drug trade continue because you know drugged out inmates are calm inmates and he wants atabisi to help him make sure that there's no violence and uh atabisi Goes and talks to Pancamo and Morales. They agree. So that's going to be the new... Uh... Except for the fact that Corns doesn't know that there's a DEA agent in the facility who's working exactly against this ideal. 
He's working. I mean, he, he's trying to get a drug conviction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly the opposite of what he's just promised them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it it looks like he might be high. <laughs> he, he might be part of the time. He's totally so, high. It's like I'm surprised they haven't. He's high him on the job. Already. Yeah. I mean, clearly he was high when they put him in the hole, and the warden saw him that way. So, yeah. like, I think all of his testimony is no longer valid because they could just say, "Dude, you were fucking high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw you high. Yeah. I didn't do it. You did it." <laughs> So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We, we see our friend Tim McManus again. Um, Begging he, for his job. Yeah. But instead, he takes the uh, the Unit B. Takes what he can get. Yeah. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> shit sandwich. But hey, Schillinger's happy to see him. Ha ha. Um. Uh, Glenn talks to Clayton Hughes again um, about being quiet until after the election. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Ryan has Cyril search M city for the cell phone. It's like a little treasure hunt, right? Then Gloria comes back to Oz. She talks to Leo. She wants to uh, come back to work and she wants to confront Ryan she believes that uh, O'Reilly is responsible for her rape, and she she has an you know an interaction session there with with Sister Pete, but it ends badly, <laughs> as most of these do. Um, Gloria leaps across the table and attacks Ryan. So, so yeah, that doesn't work. And then she she decides to press charges against Ryan, but he's still sticking to his story. Well. He in the interaction session he says, "You won't, you think I was responsible? Okay, yeah, I was responsible, but Sister Pete doesn't believe that he was. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Was he? We don't know. We have no way of knowing. We have that coincidental call that he made right around that time that was meant to lead us to believe that he did." Right. But then we get the, you know, if you love someone, let them think you raped them <laughs> speech that he kind of gives Sister Pete. So uh, it's uh, certainly up in the air in my book. I mean, we know he's a sociopath, so it's quite possible for him to do it. <clears throat> but he also is uh, committed in this uh, love angle. <laughs> so uh, as demented as that is it's quite possible that he's being the bigger man in order for her to um, find some closure yeah I don't know what he would get out of it out of having it done so I so kinda, you don't think he did it I no no I, I guess I don't because I just I don't Yeah, what would the motive be? Well, the motive would have been revenge after that meeting where they didn't do anything to help his his uh, brother. 
Like, the whole purpose of the meeting, mm-hmm. as far as O'Reilly was concerned, was to get his brother Cyril some closure so that he could sleep well again. Right, but why attack the one because person she, he continually says that he loves? Because she wasn't helping in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically, the whole thing fell apart, and part of it was due to her reaction to his presence. And her rejection, he was rejected yet again. And people act out of rejection in bad ways from time to time. But like well, like you, I, I'm, I'm on board with the idea that um, it's highly unlikely that uh, he actually did it. Now that we see the other side of the coin. But that does leave open, you know, like where, what was that call? Who was he saying, mm-hmm. you know, right. do it to? Yeah. There was something going down. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it was. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure will become clear in later episodes of Oz. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. This thing should be uh, the end of I it. feel like if he's as in love with her as he claims that he is, mm-hmm. why would you want... The knowledge that you sent another man to be with her. But think of this. Yeah. He was in love with her before and he sent um, his brother, who he also loves, to kill her husband. Which is just nuts. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's nuts, but he's killing the man who is married he's to her. Way. He's killing <laughs> the man who's with her. So why... Send another man to just, I don't know. Well, he he actually said, did you think of me when he was raping you? Which would be a, you know, nutty way of going about it, but he's nuts. (laughs) And that's the point when she jumps across the table and attacks him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're not talking about a sane person. We're talking about mayhem here. Yeah. But he he does go to confession later and says that he lied about something that he didn't do to make Gloria feel better. So, you know. Was that this episode? It was. Yeah. Hmm. But he could be lying in confession, so, you know. That's true, too. (laughs) I mean, he's already going to hell six times this Sunday. (laughs) Why not one more? Uh, well, in the uh, the the escape plan, Alvarez is still out there. Busmalis is back in M City, and Ribadal won't talk to him. The M City guys are watching the news. They're and on the news, they're talking about Shirley's execution, and so the guys are discussing different methods of execution. And then they kind of go around the the prison to different people who've known Shirley and Schillinger says that Bellinger Bellinger reminds him of his ex-wife. And I think we, we still don't know who the father of her child was. Oh yes, we do. Do we? Neither rain, no sleet, nor snow. Right. (laughs) The mail always comes through. There you go. It would be, it would be Vern. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. We're pretty clear on that. Okay, that's right. (laughs) 
Sister Pete isn't protesting the execution the execution this time, but um, Shirley's asked her to clean out the cell after she's dead. Uh, Shirley talks to a reporter, wonders why she's getting all this attention now that she's being killed, that she's being executed, and said, well, yeah, well, no one cared about me when her husband beat her or when her father-in-law raped her. But now... Uh, she says goodbye to Moses and Nat while Miles fake sleeps. <laughs> and then she's taken out of her cell and she tells the warden about Lepresti. And uh, he says he'll he'll deal with Lepresti later. And then and then she says that neither rain nor snow. We find out about about Vern. Mm-hmm. And then when she actually gets there and is led up the platform to be executed. Then she she does she starts resisting. She's like, "Ah, uh, no, she I don't want to do this. <laughs> no, I don't want to die this way." Yeah, <laughs> I've had second thoughts. Right. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, it's too late, Shirley. Sorry. So she has to be restrained for the hanging. Mm-hmm. And then we see Sister Pete packing up her things and gives the mirror to Miles. And they kind of go around the around the prison again to uh, see what, what various people are doing when Shirley is executed. Adebisi's on the toilet. <laughs> Vern is uh, laying in bed. It's like early in the morning, like 5 a.m. or something, right? Can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, most people are sleeping. <laughs> And that's the the end of that episode. And there are a few deleted scenes. The first one, uh, Timmy Kirk tells Beecher about Keller's criminal record, which includes kidnapping, and suggests that it was Keller who set it up. Uh, next one, Kramer and Saeed talk before Kramer is released. And Saeed asks him not to kill anyone else. <laughs> Sister Pete talks to Leo about Mobe's drug use, and Leo tells her that Mobe is an undercover cop. And, and that, I, I don't know if that should have been deleted or not. That one, that, that might have been an interesting scene to have in the episode. Whether uh, or not he's an undercover cop? Well, Leo telling someone else about it, you know, tell Sister Pete that he's, that Mobe's undercover. She's, she's to be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anyone that you could tell anything. Yeah. I, I trust Sister, Sister Pete, Pete far more than Father Ray. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the in the final deleted scene, Corns talks to Cyril about what he was searching for in M City and conveniently Ryan pulls a golden egg out of his pocket and says, Uh, he was looking for these Easter eggs. <laughs> That he uh, sometimes hides around M-City to give uh, Cyril something to do. That's cool. Yeah. Next time, our next four episodes are Grey Matter, A Word to the Wise, A Town Without Pity, and You Bet Your Life.